Let's go back to our reading of Genesis. So there I am, in my Garden of Eden, with my two humans, John and Eve. Yes, he was called John, but that was too many vowels for the scribes. In Latin, the J is an I. Get the idea? Fine. They changed it again and put Adam instead. I went around the property with my humans. Over there is the library. Classy, isn't it? Every book is there. And there's a computer with internet. Not much use, but you'll see. In a few thousand years, it'll be a great way to waste time. After that, I laughed, because they didn't know it yet. But they wouldn't be around in the future. <laughs> what you should know is that eternal beings like me have a proverb which says, Over time, everything gets annoying. And humans, I knew you were going to be annoying even before creating you. So I put in place something I call programmed obsolescence, and that you call death. End of the digression. Thus, we visited the veggie garden as well, and the orchards. And I said to the humans, all this fruit is for you. Eat as much as you want, except one. The currants. Because currants are much nicer as jam, so leave the currants alone, okay? Remember that passage. I'll come back to it soon. But let's talk a little more about death. To fight death, I thought you could create others like yourselves, which I call the human factory, and you call sex. I had a lot of problems getting the human factory to work. To start with, the prototypes weren't really up for it. You had to put up with another human, which, I must admit, is really a pain, and do things which are a little disgusting with them. And so, to motivate you to make other humans before death, I invented the orgasm. But the thing as divine as the orgasm was perhaps a little over the top for humans. And there you are with John and Eve, starting to copulate like animals all over the place. It was a horrible sight. And one day, while I was watching Robin Hood, the one with Kevin Costner, it's beside the point, but I really like Robin Hood, the one with Errol Flynn, and the one with Kevin Costner, and the one with Justin Bieber, Oh, no. The one with Justin Bieber comes out after the podcast. Gerald, can you take that out when you're editing, please? And forget that there's a Robin Hood with you-know-who. Well, I was watching Robin Hood, and they were copulating just in front of the screen, and I had had enough. And I had a great idea, a divine idea. I invented shame and modesty, and bing, injected the humans with it. Straight away. Everything calmed down. They grabbed a piece of cloth and started to get dressed quick, excusing themselves. And then what do I see? John and Eve wiping their mouths. And I had a closer look. And what do I see? A bit of current. It's crazy, really. These guys are at my place. It's an open bar. They're allowed to do everything. I just forbid them to do one small thing, just one, and not something hard. And they do it. Good Lord! I felt like smashing the place up. There was I, imagining myself with my little hot chocolate and toast with currant jelly. Not a chance. I was gutted. But the worst was to come. Get set. I turned towards Eve, and I yelled at her, You ate the forbidden fruit! And you know what she said to me? 
It wasn't me. It was Sultan, your dog. And that's so human to, one, do the one thing that you aren't allowed to do, and two, blame the dog when you screw up. When I told this story to the ancient prophets, because Genesis is really way old, they made drawings, since they hadn't invented writing yet, and Sultan the Basset Hound became a snake. But take it from me, my poor dog had nothing to do with this. I had a good yell and threw the humans out to get back at them. And then I saw the third thing which really sums humans up. Three. They sulk. They went off to another part of this vast world. Good riddance. In any case, when summer came, I was cooking my currants and Sultan was jumping around me trying to play. And I said to myself, life is good without humans. But during this time... In the shadows, copulation continued, multiplying, making towns, fields, a real little business. They wore me out. I decided to try and get along with them. I went to see them and introduced myself. I found Cain, who was really impressed, and offered me some vegetables as an offering. Well, I took them, but really, I already had the Garden of Eden veggie garden, man. That's nice, all the same. And his brother Abel who gave me a little baby calf. Oh, it was so cute with its big eyes. I thought it was the best present in the world. On the other hand, I made a psychological mistake because Cain took the calf present really badly and he killed his brother by hitting him with a rock. I said, that's annoying, Cain. And he already was in punish-me-then mode, a real teenage crisis. But I don't want to punish anybody. I was just there to make peace, not so you'd kill each other. Well, Cain really wanted a punishment. But you know what? Punishment wasn't my thing. Not at the time. <laughs> What's more, this guy, he killed his brother when there were two on the planet. So he's really just killed half the human race. How do you punish that? I had zero ideas. So I said to Cain, I give you eternal life. This is not technically a punishment, but will leave me the time to think about this. While waiting, walk about the earth. And if you have an idea yourself, let me know. In theory, Cain is still alive somewhere among us. Where is he? I don't want to know. I said to myself, with time, he must have become a good person. Sometimes you go to the automatic laundry and you need 20 cents for the machine. And then some stranger like that gives them to you. I tell myself that that guy could totally be Cain. Well, I want to believe that.